Hello everyone, welcome to What Comes After. Today we're going to take a walk together to the story of how to heal after losing your loved one. Please wear your comfy shoes and enjoy the fresh air. Disclaimer, this episode contains spoilers about the book and the movie adapted from it called The Fault in Our Stars. After the loss of Augustus Waters, Hazel thought she was a grenade that was going to blow her loved ones up. Maybe in a way that I existed, not saying 100% but just a little maybe. For a while, that was literally the only thing she believed in. She feared that there was a chance, great chance, of her parents getting a divorce and her dad ending up in bad places and her mother losing herself completely after losing her family. She was actually terrified, so to minimize the damage, she became a living ghost. Even imagining herself dying made her want to puke, but still, she did what she had to do. Uh, She could already see the messages that were going to be written on her wall when she was gone. We will miss you. You were a great fighter. You will always live in our hearts. <laughs> like you're gonna live forever, bitch. And similar bullshitty stuff like those, like the ones that are on Augustus' wall. <sighs> this period took longer than she expected. Or shorter if, like, it's all about perspectives, right? But anyway. After a while, she finally started to be able to get herself from thinking about those. And the reason why she could smile again, even past all the things she went through, was first, obviously, her family, and second, this is going to be an interesting one, wait for it, Isaac. Even though Hazel did not want to see him in the beginning, because let's face it, he reminded her of the times of the Grand Augustus Waters. During the support group, they managed to grow closer. And you're not gonna believe me when I say it, but... <sighs> With time, they both started to feel a little comfort of them reminding each other the memories they once shared with Augustus. It was <laughs> kind of like they found themselves new core remembrers. Losing his best friend made Isaac MS as well, but in the timeline of mourning he got more used to the fact that he was now blind. Yeah, that was a thing. Cause even though he told Augustus in his preferral that he did not want to see a world without him as a joke, he was actually serious. He didn't even know he was, but here we are in a place where every joke becomes reality, in the most painful way. Every breath he took felt dull now that he had lost both Monica, the love of his life, and his BFF Augustus. What was even the meaning of surviving cancer without having them around? Like legitimately, if it wasn't for his family, he wouldn't even have anything to live for anymore. Of course, like he wasn't the type to give up, still. Having no one beside you really sucks. Loneliness sucks. Big time.
as I kept going to the support group with the help of his mother every week at the usual day, at the usual time, waiting for Hazel to show up soon enough. And when she finally did, he felt like everything was going to be okay after all. First, Hazel made the suffocation come to an end, and then he did hers. In the beginning, they felt quite awkward, to be honest, but after a few days and tens of tears, they found themselves hugging, talking about the good old times. It was really a magical moment, even for Augustus, who was living his best unknown afterlife. Even he felt their freshly started healing process. That particular night, when everything started to feel okay, the fathers who went to get a milk got back to their families. The stars shined so bright that the bad monsters had to hide. All the pain and scare left the face of Earth for a few hours. Everyone felt the miracle that was happening in the very house of Potter's family. Why were they there, you may ask? Well, Hazel wanted to smell her past lover's smell one more time, and for Isaac, his mother was trying to put Augustus' family back to their feasts and lives. Since everything went black for the Waters family, Isaac's mom was visiting them on a daily basis, helping them around the house, helping them through the grief. Isaac and Hazel grew closer and closer day by day, until the very end, they stayed that way. Even Hazel's last words were heard by Isaac, but we'll get to that later. They were so close, as if Augustus was Isaac's brother, and so Isaac and Hazel were brother and sister-in-law. Hazel gifted Isaac with the picture that was taken on the day when they vandalized the crap out of Monica's house with eggs. But considering Isaac's condition, she got the picture made into a version of a touchable one, instead of a lookable one. <laughs> Isaac cried his eyes out, metaphorically of course, when he could once again feel his best friend. That day was probably when he really got attached to Isaac. After all, she made him smile again since forever. And not only that, but also made him cry out of a pure joy for the first time in his entire life. Isaac's mom thanked Hazel when he couldn't hear them. As a mother, she felt like it was her duty to make her son happy, but as it turns out, she was not good enough. At least that was what she said to Hazel, and got mellows out by the cute little kind Hazel in return. They hugged each other while Isaac's mom was crying and Hazel was trying to hold back her tears until Isaac found his way back to them. His mom was so lucky that he couldn't see how she looked at that moment, because man, was she a mess. Just like everyone else, they had different stories written for each. Apart from being each other's guests, in their tales they were the lead. So, to start with, let's take a quick look at the life of the Waters family. After the longest time, Mr. and Mrs. Waters managed to go downstairs with a little help, just a pinch of it, of their grandkid falling from the stairs straight to Augustus' room. Well, Augustus' old room in this case. With that incident, they ran down, 
not thinking about where they were headed, but just being concerned for the kid. Julie came right after them. And as soon as the kid and Julie were out of the picture, Cindy felt all strength just fading away. So she fell onto her knees, crying, screaming, losing herself. Mark wanted to calm Cindy down, but he was also not okay at that particular moment. Seeing the lifeless place where not too long ago had some life in it thanks to their kid, tore their house out. It was, it was even worse than they could have ever imagined. Losing the most precious thing in your life is one thing, but seeing pieces of them without the heat of their breaths warming them up, that was just on another level. It legit felt like they had lost Augustus once again. It was the same pain, the same grief all over again. Just as they thought they were getting used to not having him around, everything turned upside down. After a few hours of crying, smelling his clothes, Mark finally found the power to get up. On the other hand, the case was so, so much different for Cindy. She crawled into Augustus' old jersey, piled his clothes and other belongings on top of herself, and just laid on the floor, looking at the ceiling once was looked by her son. Yeah, she stopped screaming on the outside, but trust me, <sighs> her screams got even louder in the inside. Tears dropped from her eyes one after another. It was as if everything had suddenly became slow mood or something. Cindy refused to get out all night. Mark let her be for two days as they both knew it was not gonna last forever. Like, it couldn't possibly last forever, right? No. Cindy wanted to stay there for eternity, but Mark puts a little sense in her. It was not easy, however, he eventually convinced Cindy to give Augustus' belongings to the other ones in need. He said it was what Augustus would have wanted too. Giving everything away was most likely the hardest, but also the most therapeutic part of all. That day, Make them worse than ever. They sat down in the empty room all night, just crying, looking at his pictures, holding his pack of cigarettes, the one they had taken away before he passed away. Just all night, they spent remembering every single detail about him. Why? Because <sighs> even it was not the easiest, easiest thing in the world. They finally understood the fact that Augustus was gone and never coming back. After everything that happened, going back to normal life was so hard for them, as they had no clue what was normal and what wasn't anymore. Julie, Martha, Isaac, Isaac's mom, Hazel and Hazel's parents. They all tried their best to get Cindy and Mark back together. 
it was definitely not a smooth process, but if we don't add Augustus birthdays and the death day into account, they gathered themselves up quite well, actually. They gave all their time to their grandkids and daughters. They wanted to spend every single second with them as they feared to lose them as well. At the age of 72, Cindy passed away in her sleep peacefully. And just a few years later, Mark followed her lead. Their bodies got buried right next to Augustus. Neither Isaac nor Hazel had the chance to see that day. The ceremony was attended by family and ones who became family in time. Like every other person, they had their downs and they were stuck in their downs for the longest time possible, but they had a great life, actually. They had one of the best, possibly. Going back to the graces, Hazel got the lung transplant she has always dreamt of. Like, can you believe it? After other doctors laughing at Dr. Maria's suggestion of getting your them. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it was not in the exact way she wanted to get them, but still, she had them. <laughs> like, who cares about the rest, right? <sighs> that was one of the turning points in Hazel's life. The others are not even worth the time saying, as they're quite obvious. And just as others, this one gave birth to a whole new Hazel. It's not true to say that she changed changed, but also it wouldn't be such a lie So, about how it happened. It was like a year or two later since Augustus went away. Hazel was once again in our room, watching the ceiling, breathing by the help of the machine, ready to sleep. She started to drown, like legitimately drown. It was not like the other times, she knew it right, right away. This time was way faster and way, way worse than ever. Her mother came into the room running while her dad was calling 911. She was trying to take any sort of breath, but there was no good in trying. It was like, it was over. Her mom was crying, putting Hazel's hair away with her hand rapidly. Everyone was crying. Like, approximately 15 minutes later, they were in the ambulance being transferred to the children's hospital. But it was like a living hell. <laughs> like, it was true. Like, hell. <laughs> as soon as the ambulance stopped, the doctors, the doors got opened and so they saw the anxious face of Dr. Maria's, which was quite rare, actually, considering the fact that this is her everyday job. And seeing her like that made everything even worse <laughs> for Mr. and Mrs. Grace. As a group consisting of doctors and nurses and all sorts of healthcare people took Hazel away from them, they got seated by another nurse who afterwards ran after the particular group. Hours passed, which felt like literal centuries to the parents of Hazel, waiting to hear anything about their precious daughter. This time, 
after anything was quite narrowed down, as they had lost all their hopes finally. They thought that was it, and everything was over. They were totally unaware of the miracle that was happening. If they knew, they probably wouldn't be crying that much. Or even if they did, those cries wouldn't be just sadness or grief, but it would be from happiness for sure. For that, so Dr. Maria, walking towards them with her mask still on first. Informing his wife, he slowly stood up. Even standing up was such a challenge for them at that point. They watched Dr. Maria making her way to them. They were ready for the news of the loss of their daughter, which was at least what they thought. Because even though they thought they had lost everything, there still was a spark of hope inside them, telling them constantly that everything was going to be alright and they would return to their home with Hazel. The voice was quite faint. But it was there, for damn sure. <sighs> when finally Dr. Maria took off her mask, approximately like five feet or so apart, their hearts stopped for a second, like their heart legit like stopped. <laughs> <sighs> now that voice was a superior one, and the others had faded away already. They hugged each other even before hearing the real news from Dr. Maria. She cleared her throat with, and with the attention on herself, told the whole story from top to bottom and told it again and again and again as the Graces did not believe such a miracle could happen. Just as they thought there was nothing left. <sighs> that they were at the finish line and the rest was only a black hole that was going to consume them day by day. They found out that they were in fact at the finish line, but the difference was now the curtain was up and they were able to see that the finish line was also a starting point to a new life with tons and tons of opportunities. That day was the happiest day of their lives, and so the beginning of a happy chapter as well. That chapter lasted for a few pages, but still, it was the greatest of all. It was the grand end that Hazel deserved, that Augustus deserved. After spending some more time in the hospital, Hazel finally got out with her newly prescribed drugs some immunosuppressants and a cocktail of pills as a replacement of her old friend Flanexifor. No one actually knew if those medications were going to be as effective as the good old Flanexifor, but still for both the consul to give her the lungs and the lungs not to get screwed up like the old ones, the change was most definitely necessary. They were making Hazel crazy, nauseous, and it was getting quite hot to stay focused, but she was determined not to say a single word about it. She acted like everything was okay. Why? Because she was obviously scared of going back to where she was before Miracle Numera 2. She was most definitely terrified of going back. 
She even thought for the first few days that she was in a coma or something, dreaming all this. And now that she has adapted to this, she didn't want to lose it again. Like, can you believe it? She could finally sleep with just using her own lungs? Could go around without her tubes? Could do anything and everything that any other healthy person could? And she seriously did not want to squander that privilege. She was ready to do anything to keep these freshly unknocked stuffed in her inventory. Also, she was used to all sorts of stuff like throwing up and living like she was in a bubble kind of stuff already from all the chemo she had and the radiation she used to get. So it was really not that much of a big deal anyway. At least that was what she wanted to believe. She was desperate for that to be her reality. Her depression was decreasing, but not her nightmares, unfortunately. She was waking up every night with horrible, horrible nightmares. She was seriously having night terrors, and that was not even the worst part yet. The worst part was that her boogeyman was Augustus himself. Like, can you believe that? The love of her life was also her boogeyman? What on earth was that possible? Yeah, she would love to say Augustus one more time, but not in a nightmare. Ugh, it was getting so frustrating for her to even get into bed and nest at that point. So... She told her parents that she wanted to see a psychiatrist at the end. They asked her multiple times what that was about, but she was determined not to tell them. They were her everything in her life, apart from Isaac, of course, because he has become her BFF, obviously, but she still didn't feel comfortable to tell him about what she was going through after losing Augustus and getting a new life, thanks to Dr. Maria. She told some parents about her nightmares to Isaac, but... Didn't go much in detail either. She felt like it had something to do with her new medications and if she told anyone near her, everything would go downhill. <sighs> okay. Her parents found the best characters that was available and when the day of the appointment arrived, she didn't want to <laughs> see her. Like, what the heck, girl? Why? Just... Why? Well, let me answer that for you. Because she realized that the person she was going to talk was also a doctor, and if she, if all she was feeling actually was about her new lungs and treatment, then the psychiatrist would also alert her parents and her usual doctors. Maybe she didn't really have best timing to realize such a thing as she was refusing to go out of car but still she had the chance to play her sick and grief girl card right <laughs> well at least that was her hope at that point her parents had different plans for her they refused her sudden change of mind and sent her in telling stuff like everything's going to be okay you'll Feel better once you start talking, honey. Even though she didn't want to do this, she had no choice. 
And when she realized it was seriously important for her parents, she didn't want to say no, no more. Maybe all she needed was to talk like her parents have been saying. What would be the worst outcome be anyway, right? She just had to talk about the only thing she has been avoiding to talk about for the longest time, her dad boyfriend. If she didn't want to talk about her new symptoms, then she had to change her original topic with something that everyone was, was concerned about. Yes, Isaac had been a lot of help, and the only person that she felt safe talking to, but still, she sometimes had to bury what she was actually feeling or wanting to say because of Isaac's condition, like bruh. He had lost his love, his best friend, and his fucking eyes. <laughs> like, girl, get over yourself. Mm. When Hazel got new lungs and a chance to live a complete new life, <sighs> like, it was tough her, on her and Isaac. Like, Isaac was obviously happy for her, but... Um, so, even though she knew Isaac was happy for her and would understand her under any circumstance, she didn't want to cross any lines with him, as he was one of the most important people in her life now. When she walked in the doctor's office, she was literally freaking out. It was as if she was a little kid again, who just found out that she was going to die, even before she knew what dying was. <laughs> Dr. Maria made her see a psychiatrist right after they got the biopsy results, and... That was both the first and the last time she had spoken spoken to someone professional. She got the chills of the past. She did not want to go in and do this whole thing anymore, but it was more than herself once again. It was for her and her parents. So naturally, she felt the weight of the universe anew. The weight, which was put there by no one other than her parents. How ironic. She sat down slowly. She didn't even want to make eye contact with the doctor. She legit felt like she was stuck in her past self and just couldn't get out. It was as if she was trapped in that particular memory when she did not even know what death was but she was most definitely knew it was coming for her <sighs> she washed her hands for about 10 to 15 minutes until the doctor started talking hey so why aren't you talking your parents told me that you wanted to come here yourself or were they lying her tone was both calm and a little bit joking actually it felt quite interesting to Hazel, as she thought it was going to be as stressful and depressing as before. But no, it could be genuinely beneficial and maybe even a little funny. This made her feel a lot more relaxed all of a sudden. She finally had to strengthen to look up, make an eye contact. They shared a smile for a few seconds, and then 
Hazel eventually opened her mouth, and the words came out flowing in the air. No, they were lying. It was really my idea. I just didn't think it would remind me of my last session when I was a kid. She was kind of surprised at the fact that she said this much as soon as she started speaking, but it was what it was in the end. Okay, so I'm not gonna go into too much detail, you know, patient privacy and stuff, but I can most definitely tell you one thing. She felt weightless after the session. She couldn't wait for the next week now. The girl who went in, dragging her feet, came out bouncing, which was quite life-changing considering she never had the chance to hope freely before. And since her tubes were no longer in existence, she actually never even thought of trying this fresh feeling. This made her realize there was a lot of normal things that was waiting to be done by her out there. Going back to her home, she went straight to her room and grabbed her laptop. She was too excited with the idea that was occupying her mind at that point. Ticket to Amsterdam was the thing she typed. She had to do one last thing for Augustus. Just one last thing before saying goodbye to him completely. Before leaving him to rest peacefully. Just one last thing. Weeks passed. Was time always this fast and slow simultaneously? Like seriously? Was it always like this? Hazel felt in the daytime that the days just did not know how to end, but when the nighttime arrived, she couldn't believe that there were even less days now in the countdown. <laughs> she was so <laughs> excited, too excited that she even forgot about her new problems. She didn't want to call them symptoms, so we'll go with her trace of birth. She had trouble breathing from time to time, just like the good old days. Plus, she had a massive headache with a set of nausea. She figured they only existed because she was anxious, you know? But what if they were the messenger of something else? Something way bigger and scarier? Uh, she did not even want to take into consideration that thought. It gave her the chills. So, she chose to focus on her trip instead of her so-called anxiety. That was the second time in her life that she felt like this. The first time was when she just simply couldn't wait to go abroad with Augustus. Remembering this made her feel a little broken inside but also way more excited and relieved than ever as the second time it was like she was taking augustus soul with her in her heart maybe you have guessed it already but let me just break the surprise for the ones who didn't get where she was going okay i'm not quite sure how to pronounce this but i'm gonna try my best <laughs> Um, 
Risks Museum, Amsterdam. I hope I said right. <laughs> Sooner or later, the days ended. Her checkup proved that she was totally, okay, maybe a little less than totally, but you got it, healthy. Her parents dropped her off at the airport. It wasn't quite easy convincing them, but she managed to do it. Yeah, she kinda used the came back to life recently kid card and lost the love of her life card at the same time, but still, a win is technically a win, right? Who cares how much guilt trip was done? Was she going alone on the strip? Yes! So, shut up, conscience! <laughs> she seriously felt disgusting for saying all the stuff to her parents just to get their consent, but she had to. Oh, you don't understand. She had to be on her own for the first time in her entire life. And especially at this trip was the time she had to do that. That might have been her only shot at letting Augustus and all the fears from her past go. When the plane got off the ground, all the burden that was pressuring her faded away. Instead, there was like some sort of a heat ball in her chest that she referred to as freedom. It was as if all the weight pulling her down stayed on the floor, and now she was the third. The flight went by so fast as she was most of the time either eating or sleeping. By the time the plane landed, there was aching in her heart that she first couldn't make sense of but finally could as soon as she entered the hotel room first. Augustus left a group of virgin 17-year-old guys with one leg. <laughs> she giggled when that conversation replayed on her head and felt it going up just thinking about how that night went on. The fire powering up in her was a mix of both shyness and longing. She took a deep, deep breath. Her lungs were on fire, just like every single part of her body. She felt, once again, shredded. All of the pieces were in a withdraw of Augustus waters. As a tear dropped from her eye, she wiped it away with the back of her hand. She tried to smile through pain. Remembering all that stuff made time go by like in a slow motion. <laughs> but she left the room kinda in a hurry, took a cab straight to the restaurant where the lovers tasted the stars. <laughs> she had made a reservation for the exact same table. It was as if she was trying to recreate those moments when she felt the happiest with a little twist of having Augustus in her heart instead of beside her. But the weirdest part of all this was not this. It was the fact that she could actually see him sing across the table. She could hear him talk and laugh. She could even smell his scent. Her eyes teared up again. She wanted to go back to her hotel room and cry, but at the same time she wanted to spend the rest of her life on that exact seat 
watching the river with the remainings of Augustus in her mind, heart and soul. She sat there until the restaurant closed. She refused to leave up till the staff had to kick her out, politely. <laughs> After returning to her room, she cried a little. She was actually expecting to lose herself. However, at the end, she managed to hold her tears and go to sleep with the excitement and proud of what she was planning to do in the next day. She woke up feeling herself, feeling happy after the longest time ever. Like, she was genuinely happy. <laughs> it was actually quite nice waking up feeling ready for the day. Just as in the movies, she opened her arms and yawned joyfully. Jumped out of bed, went to the bathroom, took a quick shower. Everything was going in her way that morning. She even managed to adjust the water temp by just opening the tap. The sun was shining perfectly. Everything was perfect. Too perfect to be true, kind of perfect. Her dress was not crumbled in her suitcase. She did the back of it in her first try. She ate all the pancakes that were in the breakfast hall, drank orange juice without actually getting nauseous. And when she stepped out of the hotel, it was a quick it was as quick as a bird's wing clapping finding a cap. She arrived at the museum, starting to feel a little alone due to the fact that he wasn't with her, but still. She stopped herself from frowning, took a deep breath, smelled even larger. She spent hours walking around, just studying the inside of the building, the museum, every single thing in that place. Before doing what she was intending to do, like she has been wishing to do. Throughout those long, long hours, she started to have trouble breathing, just like the good old days, but she tried not care, not caring about it. <laughs> However, how hard she tried ignoring the symptoms, they became damn much unbearable. She couldn't understand what was going on, but still, after getting a coffee inside the museum, she managed to get up and go to her final destination in that hideous building. As soon as she arrived to the only place where the wall was a little bit less crowded than the others, she grabbed a piece of paper from her back. It was a picture of Augustus, with her writing below it. She stuck it onto the wall with some tape, stepped back to check how it looked, you know, oh, just checking out her perfection. <laughs> and as she reached the nirvana with happiness, closure and satisfaction, a sudden pain in her chest took her breath away. Was she legitimately reaching the Nirwana Nirwana? She fell down to her knees. Her eyes teared up as she was desperately trying to breathe. And just before she fell completely to the ground, not being able to even sit properly, like not even like standing up and sit like not being able to do anything at that point. Her head met with a pair of knees. Then a voice she was not expecting at all was heard. I'm here, baby. Was that her mom there with her in the freaking Amsterdam? To be honest, it didn't even matter at that point. Like, 
She was unable to breathe. How the hell would she be able to question why her mom was in Amsterdam when she was supposed to be in the other half of the earth? Strikes putting her hair away from her face. Kisses being put on her forehead made her feel at home, at peace. Even though she was drowning and possibly dying, she was so glad that she was able to see her mom, feel her presence and love one last time. Minutes passed. She kept getting worse and worse by every single minute, like those longest minutes passing by. And her mom followed her path. They were both messes, like, they were so worse, like, oh my god. <laughs> and then it happened. It finally happened. Hazel gave her last breath in her mom's arms. That was so traumatic, like, I don't even know what to say anymore about this whole thing. Like, a daughter dying between her mom's arms. <sighs> That's gonna leave a mark. Hazel's body got transferred to her home, and, like, the whole thing has been done, like... I don't even want to talk about it. Everyone was crying, her mom screaming, her dad screaming. <sighs> Not that much people attended, but still. <sighs> and there was too much pain involved. After Augustus, losing Hazel was like hell for all the people that knew them. Yeah. And after a few years, <sighs> Hazel's mom and dad passed away as well. Not from like being sad or depressed or anything like that, obviously. Like, they didn't... They didn't let go of the memory of their kid, obviously. But still, like... They didn't die because of the sadness, either. They just died due to, like, normal causes. There was no, like, fighting involved or something like that. Yeah. They probably met with Hazel in the heaven. Or that's what everyone helps, right? And um, yeah, uh, about Isaac, he went check. He went to see the actual thing, like Hazel's paper and stuff in Amsterdam. And uh, <coughs> 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 sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, narrator is sick. Whatever. Sorry about that. And there was, like, in the museum, they put up, like, a place for Hazel and Augustus, like, just for them, just for both. And it was really nice, actually. Isaac cried a lot there, but still, who cares? 
like everyone cares obviously not everyone maybe but like whatever um yeah i think this is the end of the story and <coughs> i'm sorry for the headphone users like i'm really really sorry about that but i really don't want to record this whole thing again that's why i'm not like doing anything about this and yeah and also sorry for the lightness of this episode and the last part because i just didn't feel like writing it anymore like it has been like at least three or four months and uh, yeah sorry about that so yeah see you in the next episode i suppose bye